Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. I would like to introduce Carolyn and Lindsay of Fearless Heart Yoga. You might wonder how that ties into art and or performance. I can't quite remember. I just remember us following each other on Instagram and the people speaking on the captions representing this yoga studio seeming very in tune with the creative flow of life. Please enjoy my morning chat at Fearless Heart Yoga with Lindsay and Carolyn. How is it going? Hey, Todd. Good morning. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very conscious as I say that. Am I... It's not my place to speak for anyone about who they are or where they're coming from. As a host, maybe I should be like that. You could just say you're hanging with your omis. That works. All right. <laughs> no. But um, boom. Drop a beat. First yoga joke of the podcast. <laughs> okay, so you asked me before, as I was setting up, it's your first mistake. <laughs> My processing is so slow that I'm conscious of your time as well. Thank you for fitting me in this morning. Thanks for coming. Thanks for the coffee. You're welcome. It's a thank you off, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's our show, everybody. So Canadian. Seven Shores, Uptown Waterloo. So as I was setting up, I was trying to tell you that um, my introduction to Fearless Heart was Instagram, but it was something that I was trying to put into words. And I'm like, as far as social media presence goes, and I still can't wrap my mind around, is there a perfect one way that everyone should be doing their social media? I I just saw an, an essence of like, Check out this yoga, dude. Like there, oh. <laughs> there, there was an entry with dancing, and I'm like, yes, yes. I I'm could imagine. To think what that post would have been. Was that the Aaron? One where we did? No, I think it might have been a story. Oh. you and I when we did the um, yes, we were celebrating our birthday, our eighth birthday. Right. Yeah, and we danced in, and it, that was the uh, promo yeah. for the 21 day challenge. Right. Okay. Yeah, we don't do uh, rehearsed or packaged or pretty or very scripted. well. Uh, and, and if we try and do it rehearsed or packaged or pretty, it just doesn't, it, d- it never works. So for us, we just, we just got to be us. And it typically is a conversation between the two of us. Uh, and, and we usually fly by the seat of our pants. If you've heard our podcasts, you know it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that's what you were seeing. So And I, I loved that. It, it was like, because I can't approach what looks like a robot running an Instagram account to talk about the other thing was I wanted to incorporate several different things outside of just singer-songwriters that I know. Mm. And I thought, okay, in this realm, the people that I'm most likely wanted to talk to are these human beings yeah. running a yoga place. Yeah. Uh, yoga place, superficial. What term could I use to improve? I, community. It's a yeah. community, yeah. That um, Lindsay built. Lindsay's the owner of the studio, and, and she created something here that's really special and I'm honored to have been here with her from the very beginning. We did some teacher training together and and I've been here since she opened the studio. Uh, As we said, it's been eight years. And this is a place where, you know, we will see you, which which sounds, I mean, that sounds trite, doesn't it? But we will see you. It's a small studio and the interactions are real. And I think that if you're really uncomfortable with that, it it might be... um, it takes getting used to. Yeah. Well, not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. No. And, mm-hmm. and uh, because of that, we've developed a community that's really authentic. Like, there's right. no other way to say it. 
really authentic. So I think that, uh, you know, because it's really intimidating coming into a yoga space in part because of the fantasy of yoga that everybody gets packaged on social media, right? Yeah. Right. Look at this girl on the beach doing scorpion pose. If only you do all the same things as her, you can look like that eventually. But yeah. yeah. That's like saying Saved by the Bell is high school. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Predictable analogy. and easy. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and where, you know, if you get addicted to caffeine pills, you just, you still get to dance and, and have the singing competition. Yeah. Remember, Jesse and Zach. Right. <laughs> Carolyn's like, Okay, let's me. get let's back on track uh, here. Back okay. on track. This, this could get very exciting and very exciting and very scary really quick. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Too much coffee already. Yeah. No such thing. Um. <clears throat> So, but the the point is that um, we our whole thing is that we invite people to just show up as they are, and that um, and then when we get them in here, we dismantle the idea that yoga is self improvement because it's not about self improvement; it's about getting to know yourself. And yeah. if you want to change things about yourself, you have to know what they are first. You can't just avoid the ugly piece, right? So it's about. Um, if you were renovating your kitchen, you wouldn't do it without looking at your kitchen. You have yeah. to know the dimensions of it. You have to know what the space is like and what's in it. And so for people to come in and just sort of have this vague sense of, I don't like myself. I don't know what I'm doing. I want to change it. Um, and yoga offers them this sort of like vacation mentally. Right. Um, but then they come here and, and we're like, no, 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 no. Hop into your body. Let's look around, see what's going on. Yeah. So you mean like people are invited to come in as they are in their internet? Yeah, and externally. The, the number one question that I am asked when people find out I'm a yoga teacher is what style of yoga do you teach? We're really, uh, there, there's a few original lineages, but outside of that, it's, it's just um, in terms of styles, how you're packaging it and selling it, mm-hmm. basically. It's, right. just, it's just become monetary like everything else. And I'm quick to tell my students... And part of this is the way I've evolved over the years. I've, we've both been teaching full-time for a decade. Mm-hmm. So this is all we do. There's a lot of yoga teachers, uh, wonderful teachers, who teach on the side. This is all we've done. We were thrown into the fire from uh, the very beginning. Um, but I'm, I'm quick to tell people now that's just the way it's packaged and sold. The yoga isn't the poses, in my opinion. Anyway, the, the poses are just a, a vehicle to to the change that you create. So to me, yoga is how you change on the inside. And the poses are just the way that you do that, right? right? So the poses are secondary to how, the, how your internal state changes over time when you continue to practice and how you see and relate to the external world. I, th- I think people are at a loss as to how to manage stimulation, right? So our, the, the sense of busyness and overcommitment and um, even just sort of mental noise that's happening makes the idea of yoga really appealing. So we are running a, a beginner yoga course, and we, we do this periodically. The, I'm not teaching it, but I did teach the first class because the instructor that put the package together was sick. Yep. Got the group together, and I said, all right, let's do introductions. You guys have never met each other. Some of them were friends, but what's your name? Why yoga and why now? And all of them spoke to the idea of needing more external resources to manage stress and the fact that they were coping with anxiety. Um, and I felt so glad that they articulated that kind of right off the hop because I think that um, 
it's a, it's still a tricky thing for us to talk about. And I think that the more we talk about it, the more it's normalized, but it's also, it's everywhere and everybody is dealing with managing stimulation. So yoga is just one tool that can help some people kind of come into a different way of anchoring themselves in their physical reality, as opposed to being in the, in the noise and the stimulation mentally all the time. And elsewhere. <laughs> yes. My big focus in teaching has always been the brain because I've struggled with compu- really compulsive thought my entire life and the anxiety, uh, anxiety that I spiral into from that. So I've always studied the brain. I think between the two of us, it's um, a more in-depth understanding of your central nervous system and your brain you'll get mm. from both of us. So even just the understanding that culturally... <clears throat> And in our society, we're in a constant state of sympathetic nervous system, just like a coil that's tightly wound. You know, you drop something, it makes a loud noise, you jump 10 feet in the air. Some of the cliche terms in yoga, like grounding, like what does that really mean? So I'm all about, let's take the cliche and let's bring the meaning back to it because cliches are cliches for a reason, but let's understand, let's bring the meaning back and understand what that really means in your body right? So grounding isn't about the four corners of your feet. Grounding is about your ability to feel safe somewhere and to be able to begin to learn how to drop into your body even a little bit. And Lindsay can speak to from a uh, trauma and a central nervous system standpoint, how that isn't easy. We don't know how to be in our body. And just because an instructor says, close your eyes and relax and blah, 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 I mean, does it mean that you can do it? It may take you a couple of years to learn how to be in your body because you've never felt safe there. I know you can build on that. One of the things that um, I was thinking about is what does relax mean? (laughs) Yeah, mostly it's been like relax, you know, and you want to punch somebody in the face. Well, yeah, it's true. If somebody tells you to relax, what's your first reaction? I want to punch you in the face. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Or to be like, oh, right. Yeah, I'll just, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like screaming at a competitive swimmer. Swim! Yeah. Sorry, that's my reference because I have one. Swim! Kid, <laughs> swim! Oh, I'm supposed to swim? So, I didn't yeah. know that. Of course I know that. So, but what, what we don't have is a, a kinetic frame of reference for what that is. Like, what is the felt sense of being relaxed? Mm-hmm. Right? And... Is that too overwhelming and too overstimulating to go from the tension of being constantly braced because we're overstimulated right. and or to the point where we're so overwhelmed that we're numb to it all, right? We all have those people who are, you're like, how you doing? Fine. More yeah. wine, more shopping, more whatever, blah, 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 <laughs> right? Because they don't feel a damn thing. Right. So how do you go from that extreme of managing stimulation to relax? You have to build the conditions for safety, and most people have no idea what that even means. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a titration, right? Like drop by drop, practice by practice, you slowly learn to be in your body, and, and that's no small undertaking for most people. And also understanding, like Lindsay is brilliant, uh, and I'm singing your praises here, but um, somatic therapist, um, so learning to, um, well, you can give the definition of that, but it's working with the body rather than the mind and what you're feeling, somatic experiencing. Um, That, oh God, I lost my train of thought. That always happens. Crap. It's okay. Yeah. Take a moment to feel your sit bones, Carolyn. Yeah. (laughs) Just so you guys can get a sense of where we are right now. I know what resiliency is. 
So you can say it. Sorry. No, go ahead. That's fine. Well, that resiliency is the ability to take a strain and bounce back. Yeah. But if your coil is so tightly wound that you get hit with a strain, it snaps. Yeah. That's not doing anybody any good. And that's the nervous breakdowns and that's the anxiety and panic attacks. And, and also understanding that trauma doesn't mean that you have to have been in a war. That trauma yeah. is, is any, um, oh, it's failure to complete a self protection response. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just go back though to say that part of what happens when you become more embodied is that you can be more in more spaces and you can feel at home anywhere you go. Yeah. So because you recognize that your body is your home and because you have a sense of, um, I am aware of my surroundings, but not braced against them. And so I just wanted to, to paint the picture here that Carolyn is sitting on a mini rebounder trampoline with her legs crossed and her like motherfucking girl power socks on. <laughs> that my daughter's got me. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> but the, the point is that you have the, the pliability and the adaptability to create the right conditions for safety almost anywhere you go and to be able to accurately gauge your environment. And another way to say that, so I had referenced earlier, it's all the same thing said in many different ways, that yoga is how you change on the inside. It ain't the poses. doesn't matter what your triangle pose looks like. And there's a triangle pose in every lineage of yoga. Bikram doesn't own it. <laughs> so what Lindsay's saying is that you can be comfortable in more environments because your inside has changed. Right. So you don't need the world to change for you to be okay your internal state has changed so that you're able to be in the world without losing your frickin' mind, basically. Now, you know that song, John Mayer's uh, Waiting on the World to Change? Mm. That's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, That's John, what's call making me. us We're all gonna, suffer. We'll talk about that. <laughs> That's what breaks my heart is the, the, the most is when I'm, when I'm waiting for the world to change. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and, it, and it is, slowly, but at the end of the day... Um, Sorry. What drives you crazy isn't the, aren't the things that happen in the world. It's your opinion of the things that happen in the world that makes you suffer. I think it's good to, rather than pointing a finger and shaking it and saying, you're bad, this is a problem, you're a problem, that's a problem. People, if they could illustrate the world as they w would like it to be in their mind, if, they, if you can illustrate it and, and not feel injury when you look at the world the way it is now mm -hmm. and comparing it to what it could be. I'm trying to wrap it into what you're saying because if you're, if you're waiting for it to get to Babylon, then you're always going to be disappointed with the way it is now. Yeah, I'll give you an example. When I first started teaching, I'd be like shopping online for cool yoga t-shirts or whatever. And I bought a t-shirt um, that had a picture of uh, the Buddha on it. And uh, listen, everybody has a Buddha in their garden. Everybody, like it's like oh so trendy. Right, but we have no idea what it means. Um, I bought a T-shirt that said "Peace, peace in oneself, peace in the world," mm -hmm. and I just thought that was cool. It had a Buddha on it. It was a nice shade of green. It was made of freaking bam organic bamboo or whatever. Um, I've since long since given that T-shirt away. I didn't understand the meaning of that T-shirt when I first bought it. Fast forward ten years, I understand. The more if the more peaceful people, the more peaceful world. The more angry people, the more angry world. The more depressed people, the more depressed world. Yeah. We're collective consciousness, and we co-regulate. 
with each other. So that's that's a big thing that we talk about here too. We I'm so go, excited that you just like keep dropping all these SE terms. I well, I've, learned, <laughs> I've been listening. She's listening Lindsay. to me. <laughs> we yeah. So you can talk about co-regulation, but you know, if I'm pissed off and angry inside, <clears throat> then I'm going to be pissed off and angry at the world mm-hmm. all the time. So um, we talk about and, co-regulation. And the thing is, if I could just jump on that for one second. Anger, somebody told me, and I thought, wow, that is so true. Anger is a tragic expression of an unmet need, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea, we, we have anger, and what the anger is is something that's not, um, that we don't feel safe, we don't feel nourished, we don't feel connected. Seen. Seen. So mm-hmm. then that internal state is how we react to the world. It's, it's, how, it's the ritual that we perform about how we believe about ourselves, yeah. what we think. Yeah. And you once said to me, and I've never forgotten it, anxiety is not a feeling. It's a barrier to a feeling. Yep. And that's important, too, with the epidemic of anxiety <clears throat> that we're experiencing culturally, that that's not a feeling. The feeling's underneath of that. That's just the barrier to it. Yeah. Because it's a state of overwhelm. Because we're full up. So how do you start to dig your way out? And mm-hmm. part of that is, if I could get our listeners, too, maybe to try this, and we could all do it together... Can you feel your feet and or your seat, depending on where you are right now? And just, can you hang out only with that knowing for one second? Because the rest of it is time traveling, right? As you mentioned, Todd, right? We're like going forward or we're looking backward. But when you are in your felt sense of your body, there you are. And that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. I like what you were saying before. Um, the self, as definitely well said in the Gita, as we're talking about, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a book, a really good book. Uh, I don't I don't I don't promote uh, books that aren't on the show. Uh, I remember when I was eighteen, wrestling with trying to get the full understanding, as a very obsessed Beatle fan of Within You, Without You. But as far as I could say, I understand myself within. My intelligence is one thing, but I definitely attribute a lot of my well-being as much as there is to an awareness of self. As comes better with time and experience, I think younger people have a tougher time, but they're equally capable of knowing themselves. And knowing meaning... I think it's important just to point out that you're not supposed to have all the answers right away. Right? Yeah. That's, that's why we're here. We kind of come in and forget who we are. And then we spend our entire life getting back to our true nature. And that's the purpose of yoga, is to discover your true nature. Um, So who you really are. So you're not supposed to have all the answers right away. But that knowing isn't about, is about what does it feel like to be you that is your essence behind the labels and behind the stories. Behind the programming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Belief systems. Mm -hmm. A.K.A. B.S. A.K.A. (laughs) Bullshit. Um, Yeah. Your left brain is just a data processor. Yeah. That's all it is. It just logs data. That's, it records time. That's Which is it. important. It, which is very important. It yeah. picks out details. I know, I know. Part of learning to know yourself is reflecting on how many of those programs you wrote. So do I believe this thing that I was taught? Right. Right? Do, like if I look at all these programs, <clears throat> are they serving me? Do I believe them? Did I write any of them? Who's in charge here? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, many of our belief systems, understandably, are given to us from outside of ourselves because yeah. they're, that first chakra is established as a freaking baby. 
mm-hmm. right? So that root um, and the beliefs you're given by your family yeah. and the culture you're brought up in, the church or, or community, um, those beliefs are given to you. I'm curious, who could just be that I'm still waking up? Like, thanks a lot, you two. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The we'll point is the next episode at seven. After drinks and drinks. Um, yeah. No. Who, who in our lives, other than maybe pop culture, I don't know, who invites us or teaches us to think of who we are, the royal we? Who teaches us to make up who we are based on the thoughts of others? As I was saying, Deepak Chopra said to Ron Burgundy, what he's reached in his life, Deepak, uh, was the ability to become immune to both flattery as well as... Criticism. Yeah. <clears throat> so, sattvic state, a balanced state, where you're neither clinging nor avoiding. Right. I'm aware of that concept, and I can think about it and be like, that's, that's very true. I think it will still happen, even with that understanding, because we're so naturally... But what if you don't need to reverse it? But what if you need to um, integrate it as just information, just the same as you would yeah. with a compliment, right? Like, right. it's no different than if I said, I really like your hat. Right, and if Carolyn said to you, "I don't," that hat is a terrible color for you. <laughs> just, they're both just information, and you have to decide how to integrate that information. Todd just took his hat off. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> clearly, Carolyn's opinion matters more than mine. <laughs> so, what we have to do is filter information, and we can only filter information if we have a good sense of our own personal navigation system. If we don't, then we get buffeted about by all of that information and we get thrown into like, yay, my hat's awesome. Oh no, my hat's garbage. Like, Yeah, and right, and you attach it to a story, mm-hmm. right? So if, you, if you're practicing meditation, you know, taking meditation as one of those things that has be- become, had meaning attached to it based on its very name, it intonates something that is going to create struggle. You can't think, you have to sit a certain way. Your thoughts are a valuable part of meditation, a hugely valuable part of meditation because if the, the, the very fact that you're able to observe your thoughts means you're not your thoughts, right? right? So that navigation system or that sattvic or balanced state where you can just perceive the hat comment as information um, is from that of the observer, which I hate when I sound like I'm saying things yoga teachers say. The observer is the one who's just able to observe it as information, right? It's neither good nor bad. And so when you're meditating, you need your thoughts. You absolutely need them. You need to be just behind them. Watch them float by like a freaking crazy train, like a circus, um, and and see that if you don't attach to them, they'll just go by. And what the left brain does, and the story, and the belief systems is that you what before you're able to be the observer, you take all that information and you couple that information to something else that already exists in your data processor. So Carolyn says, I, I don't like that hat. It's not a good color for you. Todd's going to couple that thought no, to you, something. You said that. Oh, I said I you liked said your that. hat. So Lindsay Sorry. said she didn't like your hat. You're going to couple that. So when you're not the observer, you're going to couple that information to a previously existing program in your left brain, which is, I don't know, whatever. Like somebody bullied you in public school or you never felt like you were good enough for one or both parents or whatever. You're going you're gonna to take that statement from Lindsay and you are going to um, filter it into the samskara or thought process or synapsis that supports the belief, I'm not good enough, right? And so 
And but if you can just observe it as information, neither good or bad, then it doesn't have that effect on you. You you know, um, your internal state has changed, right? And and that's a that's not an easy process, but over time, that's what mindfulness does. Right. You you start living your life and experiencing external stimuli um, from a different place, mm. right? So. If you're in my meditation class, I would say everything that is around you is part of your now moment. Whether it's a really loud noise downstairs in the cafe, whether somebody falls asleep in this class and starts snoring, whether the person in the flat next to us is slamming drawers like crazy because they're pissed off. All of that is part of your now moment. And it can only disturb you if you have an opinion of it. If you try and couple it into your story, if you try and connect it to one of your belief systems. So meditation and yoga for that matter, you know, you come into a class and we create a really perfect environment for you with music and I change my voice and yada, yada, yada. But that's not where you need it. You need it when you're in a traffic jam, when your mm. kids are screaming and banging on the bathroom door, when you just had a fight with your partner, when somebody just said something to you that triggered you. That's when you need those skills. Doing it in the studio, in a quiet space, that's just the practice. Well, the, the reason we need to change our internal state is so we can be in the world and not lose our shit, mm. right? And be spiraled into a, a panic attack daily or whatever, depression. I am so many awful things when I'm driving and someone scares me. <laughs> it's funny because if there's one person, like someone who has a filthy mouth, if there's someone in the car, I would be like, right? And I keep going. <laughs> you just internalize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, a blood vessel on the top of my head. Um, <laughs> that might be cartoonishly exaggerating. That's what I do. No, I, that, that was brilliant. In this podcast so far, I've, I've launched a bunch of ships, but you navigate and land them like pros, <laughs> like motherfucking, <laughs> yes. Fearless Art Yoga fans, you... They led you to this podcast, and I said, motherfucking. Um, <laughs> it also, we're, we're says, it also says that on my socks right now, as you <laughs> <Lindsay> said earlier. <laughs> it's not things, they're not things to conceptualize. The, the things that Carolyn are, are describing is describing. You are a singular. They are a plural. <laughs> um, Get it right. <laughs> is, They are things that you have to experience. They are things that you have to embody via practice. They're not concepts. They're not things that you can chew on in your cognitive self and then go, oh, okay, now I got it. You have to feel them. Yeah. That's why it's called a practice. Yeah. Mm. It's a yoga practice. It's a meditation practice. Rome wasn't built in a day. It's Mm. drop by drop. And so sometimes we put some like pretty looking pictures on Instagram, but most of the time we want to show you that we're just like goofing off. I'll put my blooper reels up and we'll sing and dance. <clears throat> and because I just want to be a human with other humans. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, one of our huge mentors, and we probably mention her in every podcast. So if you've never heard of her and you hear her name in this podcast, you're welcome. Um, Ooh, is, hasn't heard of her. <laughs> is Brene Brown. Who's, who is just magical, brilliant, amazing human. Um, and really, you. this studio is about connecting. Yeah. 
And you can't connect with somebody else if you're pretending to be somebody that you're not. Mm -hmm. um, Brene Brown talks about people waiting to enter the ring until you're bulletproof, you know, and, and bulletproof perfection. And yeah. nobody is bulletproof perfection. And we certainly aren't, me and Lindsay, Lindsay and I, whatever. Um, there you go. There's some imperfection. Um, so we're really very open about our own struggles and we need to be ahead of you on the path in terms of being able to keep you safe in the practice and you know, know knowing how to teach you the poses and that kind of thing. But we're in it with you. Like we're not above you. And, and any teacher that tells you they've solved it all and they're, those, I don't know. Those are dead people goals. When you've solved That's everything, right. yeah. dead. Yeah. You're dead, yeah. Like, that's they're lying. When is it going to end? When am I never going to have triggers? When am I not ever going to struggle again? When am I, you know, never. Yeah. When mm -hmm. you're dead. Yeah. So let's learn how to get through it together and manage it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And let's have some fun. And Lindsay plays like <clears throat> Kanye West when she's teaching. So <laughs> there's that too, right? <laughs> My spirit animal is misunderstood by men. <laughs> She'll rap for you. Anyway. <laughs> The sacred is about being joyful. Yeah. It's yeah. about being able to embody, oh my God, I'm alive. I'm alive and I'm here and I'm real and that's where it's at. Yeah, here, being here. I'm here. Just shout in someone's face like, you're here right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the second they're like, you're weird, but you're right. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Caroline yeah. gets that reaction because when people will, like, she'll just be at the grocery store and they'll say, how are you? And she'll say, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. And then they look at her like, okay, all right then. <laughs> Yeah, we're not super serious. We're just having a real conversation with but, our yeah. with but our students. Adulting is about suffering, right? If you want to, like, let's loop this back to our good friend Siddhartha. It's okay. about suffering. <clears throat> our, existence. Our whole yeah, yeah existence. Yeah, exactly. So, what is it like if you give yourself a break from that? What is it like yeah. to find levity as a pocket as opposed to a an endless pursuit? We're not looking to change the suffering to be. So that we're happy and magically, you know, like now our life is fine. But what is it like to say, I'm, I'm also the, the lifeboat and I'm going to hop in and take a break from treading water every now and then. I'm, I'm having a tough time in like several different areas, which is not good for someone with slow processing like me. Maybe I just not trying hard enough. Or maybe you're trying too hard, Todd. Yeah. Trying, trying is left brain. See that I could take that as a, as a as a reason to relax more, but if I could allow and be aware of what we're talking about, and still be like, yeah, I'm I'm in a very high strung place. I need to get back down. I need to get back here, but I'm too aware of things needing to be figured out for my well being, for my girlfriend and I's well being, for our not too distant future, say. For this podcast to keep going on requires a lot of things to be figured out and, 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 and f fixed or changed. Hustling is a lot of work, we know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that um, the, the working really hard and labeling it as such creates bracing intention. And what if you use that energy that you use to create the tension and directed it toward being open to the information you have already in order to start making changes that you already know are necessary. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it's the resistance and the bracing is, is the, the, um, the fear of what if I can't do this, right? What if I can't manage it? What if this is, I'm, I'm going to be a, a failure. Stop it. <laughs> I, I, that, that's me being an entertainer. Oh, I, but yeah. I want yeah, you to right, keep right. talking. Yeah. But I'm... There was one tear shed, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the idea is, can you redirect some of that energy? Because when you are in a brace, there is no way you can solve any. I know this very, very well. I am fully aware of when I get myself so wound up that there's no way you can solve a problem. Part of it is because when you are in that place of fear, of like, oh my God, I'm screwing everything up. I don't have the answers. I'm not going to be able to do the things I want to do. My life is falling apart. You're not in your prefrontal cortex anymore. Mm. You have no access to your rational self. You are limbic. You are in survival mode and crisis management. There is no way for you to solve problems in that space. So what you need to do, again, find your feet and find your seat. I'm going to trademark that, you guys. Because I tell a lot of my clients that. Perfect. But the thing is... um, that's a process you have to learn. You have to build those neuromotor pathways to be able to do that slowly because you're so accustomed now to being in this survival place. So, but eventually you can reallocate the energy it takes to be tense and afraid and move it into a space where you can use that to be aware of more of the things around you so that you can see the information clearly without applying the I'm not enough story. Without the failure story. And the way that I would say that same thing said in a different way um, is left brain, right brain. The left brain is so crammed full of all synapses, right? So crammed full of data. There's no space to create anything new or different. So Lindsay's talking about find your feet, find your seat, you know, so, so I would say that. And so that's being in your body and that's also being in the right hemisphere of the brain. So being in a state of contraction, um, and trying and trying is contraction for the most part. You're just on lockdown. It's like somebody chained you up. So giving yourself permission. So to me, left brain is trying, right brain is allowing, right? Uh, the right brain is creating the space for something new to come in or, or for you to at least organize the, the next step, right? Organize isn't the right word because that's left brain, but, no, but there's like no that. space because for anything. Whole, all of our systems organize, but they can't if they're managing chaos and overstimulation because there's no movement. It becomes immobilizing. And, and you can only organize yourself into... Something where all of you, all of the different systems, cognitive and otherwise, are moving toward the same goal if you give yourself enough space for that to happen. Yeah. Our brains are so crammed and so full. We can't manage our lives anymore. You know, I, I watched a short clip of a woman on I, on YouTube was talking about the real reason that we procrastinate. And I mean, no surprise, it's, a, it's a, just a brain that's crammed full, way too full. So when you look at the tasks that you have to complete for that day, you, it just, it's just like brain burn. You, you can't even process how to do it. Next thing you know, two hours has gone by and you've been shopping online and you didn't get anything done because you just can't. So, and so staying in that left hemisphere of the brain and yeah. trying to figure it out is getting you nowhere. But we view taking a break to... I don't know, close your eyes, feel your feet, feel your seat for five minutes as wasting time, yet well, two hours goes by, uh, 
trying to look on the clearance, the clearance page of Lululemon to buy some, you know, yeah. something because you're going to go do yoga or whatever. <laughs> By the way, you're not allowed to practice at our studio if you don't wear Lululemon. She's you kidding. Are not so permitted um, unless you're. I'm perfection. wearing a free T-shirt right now. Yeah, I mean that's obviously not true. So anyway, taking that break. What if taking that break for five minutes or one minute to just feel your feet? Take a few deep breaths. Get over into the right hemisphere of your brain. You know, every time you're doing that, you're retraining your central nervous system, right? Because your brain only has so much synaptic glue. So you're you're basically creating a new neural pathway. You're by learning how to be in the right hemisphere of your brain. We got to right. learn how to be in our body. Uh, and let's not um, leave this podcast without saying, you know, we don't know how to be in our body in the West because we have no cultural rites of passage. Our cultural rites of passage, death, divorce, or disease. Mm -hmm. So we have no relationship to the body or anything uh, on the inside until we meet some kind of trauma. And and I, I describe it as death, divorce, and disease, but, you know, showing up in my yoga class, you know, I had a heart attack. My surgeon says, I got to come do yoga. I'm way too stressed out or whatever. Um, if Lindsay and I put meditation in the past on the schedule as a six-week session, uh, we, we, we get very low registration. If we call it meditation for anxiety and stress, it's full. So it, it's about learning to have a relationship with your body before something goes wrong. Because the other part of really big piece of this is that we view our bodies as bad in our culture. Uh, and that's typically because we have no relationship with them until they start to break. Your body deserves the same compassion of a parent to a child, and we just don't know how to do that. That's another neural pathway to create, right? It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's good work. Todd, you had a thought earlier, and Carolyn was like on a hot roll, though. I'm good at listening, but I'm also good at interjecting. So I'm trying to become bad at interjecting, or good at not interjecting. So you were practicing being present, uh, yeah, and deep listening. Yeah, and I've I've Very fallen cool. in love with improv. Cool. Uh, it's not important for me to to express all of my understandings. What if you take what you are hearing and listeners too, and you digest it and feel whether it resonates with you in your body or not? Right? Mm -hmm. Can can some of this feel true to you as a felt sense? And if it doesn't, can you ask, right? And, and I would say like DM us on Instagram or shoot us a message, send us an email, send us a text because um, we are not standing here, sitting here on a trampoline actually, but, and, and saying like, these are the rules and these are the things that we know because we're experts and authorities on these mm -hmm. things. They're just things that we've come across as our own experience. And if it's helpful to other people, that's our intention. And the other part of that is it's only helpful if you feel like you are also able to be part of it as a dialogue. So if you have questions, if you have curiosities, if you're not sure how this applies to you, then it needs to be a communication. So maybe later on, you'll kind of like let this filter down and, and then like shoot us a message and we can kind of say like, hey, okay, so here's how to clarify that or mm -hmm. yeah, come I have coffee. Come yes. do yoga. Come do yoga, and then we go downstairs and we have coffee. Also that. Lots of it's other brilliant. cool places in, in uptown, though, for coffee. Coffee's all right. Uh, you're listening to the Coffee Gas crowd. Maybe, perhaps, it's good for me to have an episode where I'm not trying to be an entertainer. 
What if your value is just because you're a human and not because you're an entertainer? And what if your presence is valued not because, oh, he's so funny and we all just want to hang out with him? But That's the thing. With anything, even as a host, it's not my job to be an expert on anything or to have opinions on it. I just want to be goofy. And I might not be goofy this morning, but it was my, it was my job to be a listener with the listener, if that makes any sense. Wouldn't it be interesting if more people felt like that was their role and listening to what's going on around them, but also listening to their own inner senses? And what if it's not about pontificating or having opinions or posting shit, but about, I'm just going to pay attention today? Mm -hmm. Then I would probably have more listeners. (laughs) I do want to mention that I later discovered after chatting with you on, on, um, text about booking this fearless heart has has had a podcast for quite a while now and i, I think to we started in 2017 or 16 i don't remember yeah uh you can you want to fill everybody in on where so, to find out um, where to find us the archive tracks are actually available on spotify we've been on hiatus for a little while while we're working on another project but uh we'll be coming back with some new interviews this spring so nice. yeah it's called granola you can find it it's listed on spotify as fearless heart yoga And in physical reality, you can find us on Regina Street. We are above Seven Shores Cafe. Or for those of you who prefer to navigate this way, we're behind Chainsaw. One block behind Chainsaw, (laughs) which always seems to work. (laughs) The other thing I just want to mention too, and this sounds a little bit like a shill, but we have $10 drop-in classes every day. And the reason why we did that is not because it's a good financial and business decision. It's not. The point is that Yoga is um, this luxury and it is this thing that is exorbitantly expensive. And yet we're asking people to um, spend time with themselves and work on self-care and be calmer and work on their anxiety. There's a lot of contradictions. And, and it's like, okay, well, what if we made that more accessible? Mm. What if healing wasn't um, quite so much just for rich people? There's no risk in coming in to try. We're not intimidating. We're not going to judge you. We are uh, on the second floor, so there is a stairs issue, but we have practitioners of all ages and all body types and all colors, and yeah. There's like someone in Los Angeles right now, like taking a yoga class, the instructor's going, let go of the material realm, and they're they're going to boat, my boat, chomp, chomp on like muscle relaxants. (laughs) That's... Self-care is a hashtag on Instagram by, by people who the next meme is, why would you say that to me? <laughs> it's, it's irony, but I, um, one of my problems is, is I criticize. But to, what if your criticism is actually um, a reflexive response to you having a aversion to something, right? Where there's something that doesn't feel right to you. And so that's a response that your systems are all having by saying, I don't think that's right. So maybe you could look at, okay, well, maybe the outward reaction that I'm having isn't the one that I want to have, but what is that truth that is making me have this reaction? And what can I do about that? So, I mean, like we have the same thing too, but what we've tried to do with that is to say, well, is there anything we can do? Can we do something differently to make this space more available to more people who need it and therefore have a multiplier effect on how people might be able to be healthier and better contributors to community. I really am happy that I got to meet you and I really appreciate the time and 
And I think this is a great place. Thanks. I, we think it is too. We love it here. Mm-hmm. It's home. Yep. It's home. This is our tribe and our, our place, and we're really fortunate to have the amazing community that we do. And thanks for coming out this morning. Yeah. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.